I'm Lily Ray, and this is SEO in 2023. Lily, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? So I think this year it's going to be especially important to think beyond the 10 blue links. Google continues to innovate with different SERP features, different rich results, new types of accordions and thumbnails and carousels and all types of different SERP features that are kind of changing the landscape of organic search. So if you're not expanding into new formats to take advantage of what Google's doing with images and video and even thinking about other search engines like TikTok, uh, you might be left behind. So uh, what does that mean in terms of tracking your SEO success? Because um, surely it makes it trickier to use traditional SEO platforms that perhaps just measure things like keyword rankings. Are, are these software tools getting better at incorporating perhaps other search engines like TikTok, as you say, or YouTube into the results they produce and incorporating things like image results and, and what it means? Or do you have to look in other places to see how you're doing with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I can't think of a tool that comes to top of mind in terms of like capturing a brand's entire organic presence and the search results across a bunch of different, you know, search engines and social media platforms and everything. So I think that's an absolute, you know, big opportunity for for the analytics tools to think about, but there's different ways that you can piece things together both in terms of like how your site is ranking across maybe different sites that you own or different social media properties and then you can kind of cross-reference that with different analytics tools that you use and then of course within google search console you have a lot of different reporting features that you can look at as well so i mean as an seo that's uh, traditionally focused on driving direct traffic to your site and hopefully traffic that converts and measuring the value of traffic based upon, I guess, the percentage that takes some kind of next step or uh, makes a transaction on your website. That's not as likely to happen from other searches. So, so how do you measure the benefit of appearing high in rankings and other search engines? I think it's getting more and more challenging over time, right? You know, like a lot of us have relied on tools like Google Analytics, <laughs> which is going through a big change in 2023. It's, you know, changing the GA4, which is going to take, I think, a lot of the SEO industry and a lot of the analytics industry a long time to kind of adjust to that. But, you know, attribution's getting harder across the board, not just for SEO, but for paid channels as well. So it's challenging, right? Like, I think a lot of the times we just have to try to get a good understanding for how valuable it is for a brand to appear in these different places and do the best we can in terms of like tracking attribution across different different platforms. Is there a particular attribution model that you favor or um, is it um, simply a case of actually sitting down and understanding the business and uh, applying a, a bespoke model that's that's appropriate for that business? Yeah, I think it's it's case by case, right? Um, you know, we like to take credit in the SEO space because a lot of the times people encounter our content first, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, like months and months before they make a transaction. So in that sense, like first touch is, is great. Uh, but it really, you know, it's, it's really hard to keep track of where organic plays in, in a customer's search journey, right? Because like there could be so many different touch points where they encounter us organically or maybe they just search for the brand at the very end, even though they've read a lot of our content before that. So again, it's, it's getting trickier and trickier, but I don't know that I have one particular attribution model that I uh, prefer above others. So, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about what brands should be doing on these different platforms to to be more successful. I mean, to begin with, should every every brand be on TikTok and Instagram? I think to the extent that they serve as places for your brand to rank in Google's organic results for your brand name, everybody should be there. 
Um, you know, even myself, I, I waited a really long time to join TikTok because I all the same reasons many people don't want to join TikTok. But it was like, you know what, like people, brands and individuals are starting to have their TikTok pages rank on the top page of Google when you Google their name. So like Starbucks, for example, there was a big kind of algorithm update early in 2022, where a lot of these brands, TikTok pages started to rank on page one on Google for their name. So it's like, it's a reputation management strategy yeah. to control all those different assets. So I don't know that you necessarily need to try to become famous on TikTok because it's hard to do, but like, you should maintain a brand presence there. And of course, if you can start to figure out like your niche, like maybe there's some type of cute videos that you can make about your company, like definitely you should take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly see the value of um, registering your brand and hopefully getting a, a URL that's specific to your brand on, on these kind of platforms. I guess the only potential negative um, outcome out of that would be if you've registered your brand, but you're not active on those platforms and then people try to reach mm -hmm. you and you're not... Um, interactive with people at all? I mean, if you're on these platforms, do you think you absolutely need to be on there and checking them and publishing content on a regular basis? Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, like I think that for a lot of brands with TikTok, for example, it's hard to to kind of fit the, the not criteria, but like the kind of like the vibe, right? Like TikTok has a pretty certain audience, a uh, certain type of content that resonates a lot with its audience. And for some brands, it can be really hard to create that type of content or find a way to kind of entertain customers or, or have like short videos that kind of explain what the brand is all about. Like if it's a B2B company, for example, it might be hard to do that. So I think just having the presence there is enough to get started, but definitely you should be kind of like keeping a pulse on how people are interacting with you. Of course, if they're sending you messages, but that feels something like that's more of a brand's, it should be part of a brand's social strategy anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as you alluded to, there are lots of other search engines out there. There's places like Apple Podcasts as well, that um, if you're doing a podcast on a regular basis, then hopefully you can start to rise to the top of that for relevant keyword phrases in relation to your, your business. And it's, it's not at the moment, as long as you're publishing content on a regular basis and you're not attempting to target highly, highly short, uh, short tail keyword phrases, um, um, high volume keyword phrases, then, then it should be easier than Google to, to start bringing at least eyeballs to your brand's activities on these kind of platforms. W would you concur with that? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, starting to think beyond Google and starting to think about all these different places where your brand can convey expertise and provide expert content is definitely something that companies should be focusing on in 2023. You know, Google is getting better at understanding audio content and video content. And one thing that I always recommend is like, use the experts at your brand to, first of all, if they're doing podcast interviews or video interviews or anything like that, you should be leveraging that content as much as possible for your own site. So maybe you can like embed you know, a Spotify podcast or a YouTube video on your site and add a transcript transcription. But also for sure, like there's a lot of great ways to use like Spotify or, or like the Apple Music Store's own like podcast search engine, for example, as a place to show up for different types of queries as well. So I think like kind of taking inventory of all the different search engines that are available is a really great approach. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think it's important to have other platforms in mind when you're creating the content as well. So as you're perhaps recording a podcast or 
a video show at the same time, then think about some soundbite that you could say or some question that you could ask a guest that is likely to be appealing on social media. And then you know you've got that section that you can share on LinkedIn or, or Twitter afterwards. I think a lot of brands are guilty of perhaps just producing a piece of content and then just sharing that piece of content or not really having multiple platforms really in mind at the same time. Yeah, again, like the transcription capabilities that a lot of these tools have, you know, including, of course, Google and YouTube. Google is now serving up both audio and video content as an actual search result, like answer to a question if they found the answer to a question within the podcast or the interview. So like sometimes you'll see with YouTube videos, like you might ask how to pronounce something or whatever, and Google can actually jump to the middle of YouTube video where it says, this is how you pronounce this word. And it's like, they're getting better at understanding, you know, the text that's within a video and audio file. So I think like the more that you can do to like think about the actual content quality within the interview is, is going to be really helpful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And maybe you know, do some proper keyword research on people also ask type content and incorporate those questions as part of a, an interview. And then you've got answers that you can perhaps transcribe and publish as a blog post as well. I think there's, there's so much that you can do strategically if you really plan the content out properly beforehand. Totally. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think uh, structuring questions and answers in a way that people search is always a best practice, both in text as well as uh, audio. Superb. Okay. What are your thoughts on then where this content sits into the overall content marketing strategy? Because say a business has a fairly long sales cycle, there's different types of content that is more likely to resonate with them at different stages. Um, so, so where does something like maybe a TikTok video or a podcast episode or some social media post sit into that overarching content strategy? Yeah, I tend to recommend this type of approach for any business that's focusing on like leveraging in-house experts as part of their content strategy. So like if if your expert knows something about a given topic and they're able to go share that knowledge with the world, whether it be through podcast interviews or video interviews, I think that's a great way to like show Google that you have in-house experts that are able to share content across these different platforms. Like a lot of the times Google might show a YouTube video result for a given search query. So just having your experts like in all those places is really important. As far as TikTok goes, like I kind of feel like it's a different team or a different uh, area of expertise than like traditional search marketing. Like for example, my agency, we have TikTok capabilities to social media people that are making TikTok videos. We also have like a video production team that's making TikTok videos. Like I, that's not SEO to me. Like, of course, it's a search engine and there's ways to tag it properly for SEO, but like it's more about creative capabilities and, and finding a hook and, you know, type of video format that really resonates with people. So it's interesting that you say, yeah, yeah I mean, perhaps tongue, tongue in cheek, that that's not really SEO or that's more creative kind of stuff. Do you, do you think SEOs in the future will have to be completely aware of other search engines or will it still be reasonable as an SEO to focus on, for example, highly technical SEO and more traditional SEO? I think that SEO is becoming more fractured in a way. Like I think that the skill set that's required to do SEO well, like for example, my team is 30 plus people and we have people doing local, people doing technical, people doing content. And like, you should probably know a lot of all those things as an SEO specialist, but I think that the the depth of expertise that people have in different areas, it's really important to hone in on like what you're good at because there's so much knowledge and it's it's hard to be an expert at everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you 
decide on what you're good at? I mean, do you, should you be trying everything to begin with or should you just know your personality and focus in on one thing to begin with? Or is it good to be a journalist, first of all? I think that it becomes clear the longer you do SEO, like what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. Like we have certain people on my team that love local SEO. Like they're obsessed with Google business profile. So it's like they should spend their time getting to know local as well as possible. So when we have local clients, they can specialize on that. And then of course we have technical people who have like an IT and coding background, like that's their thing. They don't love doing content optimization as much. So like, you know, not to say that every SEO has to find their area of expertise, but I think if you do have something that you really love, like go down that track, just because you'll probably see better results that way. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? I think that 2022 showed that Google is becoming a lot more strict in terms of both fighting spam, but also like content strategies that SEOs might not consider to be spam, but kind of are like you know, a lot of auto generation, a lot of like kind of gray hat automated SEO strategies that used to work really well. And Google's cracking down on with like the core updates and the helpful content update and everything. Google's very focused on EAT now. They're very focused on reducing thin duplicate low quality content. So I think a lot of sites over the years have tried to take shortcuts with their content strategies and uh, maybe rely too much on AI to the point where the content doesn't make sense. But you know, that those types of strategies are gonna work less well over time, for sure. Lily Ray's Senior Director SEO and Head of Organic Research at Amsev Digital. And you can find her over at lilyray.nyc. Lily, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. 